Welcome to season two of the Let's Talk podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to be a person of faith in a culture against faith. So let's talk about familial healing. How do, how do we talk about this? There is so many elements of familial, familial healing, I guess, that... Because, like, each individual person has to be healing. Each individual person in the family has to be healing. Well, I think... I think that's a, I think that's true, but I yeah. think it's a collective that the unit together right. is healing. Yeah, yeah. Each person, it's almost like you're 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 doing your own healing journey, but then amidst, supporting amidst a unit that of is people also, that are healing. Right, and that unit has to heal together. Sure, as well. Absolutely, and like you, you brought this idea up. And we're talking earlier about, like, you think that that's where our family is right now. Well, I think that's how you, I think that's how you should describe the journey of any healthy family. Yeah. Um, and you say right now, I think if I look back, I think that is the journey of our family. Heard. Um, Fair enough. I think we are a very healthy family. And so that healing um, has looked a lot of different ways. Um throughout our time, but today as it sits, yes, mm. I think it's a very healthy healing family, yeah. um, family unit. But yeah, the reason this came up to me is, um, I have been plum exhausted, uh, if I'm just being honest. And I normally don't watch television. Uh, it's just not really my vibe. I just don't, I'd rather be doing something. Um, but I have been just like dead to the world. Yeah. And so I've been looking for things to watch on television, but even me, I'm a nerd. And so like I found this new history show called history One Hundred One. learned about the history of MP3, uh, formattings and the history of cell phones and credit cards and satellite. Yeah. been feminism, all kinds of stuff. It's a cool show. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, as I was looking for something to watch, I saw this documentary, about Britney Spears. And if you didn't know, Britney Spears lives in that strange state out west called California that does some weird things. Mm. Um, and somebody in the state of California, my guess is who only could have been paid a large amount of money by her father to get this, Britney Spears her father was granted conservatorship over her. Yeah. Now, if you didn't know, I spent five years at a law firm, um, and, and I have every intention of continuing as a side career in law. And this fascinated me because I know what a conservatorship is. Now, it's a little bit different in California, but basically her father managed everything about her. Her tour, her money, where she lived, how she spent it, what she ate, who she hired, who she worked with, everything. He managed everything. And he controlled everything. And it was all because she was, quote-unquote, crazy. Um, but I think we also all know that he was pumping her full with all kinds of medication, mm. um, which was literally driving, driving slash making her insane. But anyways... For 13 years, Brittany was a literal slave to her father. Mm -hmm. um, she worked for him 
under her own name, and he controlled all of her money and assets and future and career. She was a literal slave to her father. I think that is, and it and it was all over the news. Mm-hmm. If you don't remember when that was all popping off, because hey, Britney's free now, yay, liberation. Um, I think that took people culture by storm because whether we have it on that scale or not, mm-hmm. all of us have broken family units and traumas that need to be healed. Sure. Because this is the family unit is your most primary unit of attachment. I mean, yeah. you think about it. Uh, we have a friend, uh, uh, a very close friend of mine named Jake Porter, who is like an attachment theory specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, your most primary attachment is your mother. Yep. You literally come out of her. Mm-hmm. Every person that is here today until cloning actually takes off, which, golly, AI and cloning scare the heebie-jeebies out of me um, of what is possible. But as it sits today, every human, every person that exists came out of their mother. Mm-hmm. You have it. You have a very vulnerable and very primary attachment to your mother, and everyone that your mother introduces you to from literally the moment you exit her womb. Yeah. Most of the time, the first person your mother gives you to is your father. Mm-hmm. The only other way that a person comes to be, as it exists today. From the minute you are born, you begin forming those attachments. And from the minute you are born, you begin to see those attachments fail. Oh. What are babies doing when they come out, Clayton? Crying, hopefully. And what does that mean? They're scared, hurt. Need something. Yeah. Infants only have one mode of communication. If they are content, if they feel safe, if they are satisfied, they will be fine. They will laugh. They will be quiet. They will sleep. If they are not, if they need anything, if there is anything uncomfortable about them, they have one way to communicate that. That is crying. So from the minute you are born, you are both forming and breaking attachments. Because you are having needs that are not met. You will continue to go through that cycle for your entire life. Mm -hmm. That is just the cycle of how we exist as humans. This is why family systems theory Mm -hmm. is an entire field of study. This is exactly how it works. And so, if the family unit has that much impact on a human, then it's a unit that should be healing and healing together. Sure. Um. So yeah, that was my thoughts. That's where I was coming. That's how this idea came to be. Yeah. To word vomit my kind of thoughts and brainstorming process. There you go. Yeah. No, it, I think it's I think it's very important because you you are right. Um, we have many many broken families. Um, every family's broken. Yeah. Every um, family's broken. In some way, shape, or form. 
Right. Every family has at least one area it is broken and could improve. Yeah. A dad's not present. A mom's not present. A mom is overworked because a dad's not present. A dad is overworked because a mom's not present. Mm-hmm. They are constantly in flux, working multiple jobs, not making enough time, so exhausted that they're just on their phone. They're not present. They're not meeting needs emotionally. Yeah. Every family is broken in some kind of way. Yeah. Because we also haven't even talked about grandparents yet. Right. No, I said yeah. that parents the mother introduces Mm. whoever is next in line Mm. and a lot of times that is grandparents Mm -hmm. and there can also be lots of familial trauma there sure um every every relationship is both being attached and formed and breaking yeah at the same time i i think we need to talk about this as not like a in your intermediate family but also as a collective family as a whole um and family line generationally oh generationally yes absolutely Um, absolutely because like well that is family systems right this is family system this is how we should be talking about family healing right is like at each generation is it healthier um in in some way shape or form is it healthier yeah and like as as you were talking about like um every every family is broken every family has some form of hurt or trauma that needs to be healed from um, are our parents' parents did something to our parents. Our parents did something to us and you will do something to your children. If you have children, you if will you have do, children, you will do something to them. And healing this is the, the, really what we should be talking about, really what we should be doing, what we should be striving for. Is, yep. is the next generation going to be better than this one? Right. Yes. Collective healing on this journey. Yeah. I think familial healing is twofold. I think it is, I think it is healing this kind of like nuclear family mm. unit. Sure. Um, but I also think it is this generational term of well, healing. It's, this is the micro version. Correct. Of, of the macro Of scale. the macro yep family healing correct you have to do the this individual piece like you have to heal yourself on an individual level to heal as a family to make the next generation better correct like Um, i I think that that's how that works correct and i do think you know if you were going to look at if you want to talk about the macro one Mm. i do think you could make this same claim for the bible because clayton what is the bible Oh, God. (laughs) The Bible is a story that begins from one Jewish family. Sure. Fathered by a guy that we love called Father Abraham. Yeah. Had many sons, right? Um, I've heard. And so if you were going to follow in that line of thinking, then every story that happens from Genesis 12 on is, and if you didn't know, just for me personally, I think Genesis 1 through 11 is myth. I think it's just made up stories to try to communicate truths about God from a tradition that has continued to, to affirm it and refine it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's totally acceptable. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's totally fine. It doesn't make it invalid. doesn't mean it doesn't have truth. doesn't mean anything that. But it does mean that I don't think Genesis 1 and 2 is a science book telling us how the world was made. What's crazy is we actually had science textbooks growing up. That, that, told, that, that referenced told, the Bible telling yeah. us how the world was made. Yes. No, there, there's absolutely that. no science that no. happens in that. And then we were quizzed on the Bible in science classes. Correct. No. Yeah. 
no, no, it's no. crazy. None of that. That's fundamentalism for you. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. So, um, if you pick up in Genesis 12, then that means that the entire book from then on is the story of one family and how that family grows. Mm. It is the most macro element. Yeah. Paul is on trial by this family mm-hmm. because he wants to invite outsiders. Mm-hmm. Wants to invite Gentiles, people outside the family. So if that's the case, then this book right here seems applicable to have in this conversation. Sure. This is a book by David Garland and Diana Garland. Um, I will explain to you who David Garland is, and I will allow Clayton the privilege of explaining his wife, Diana Garland, to you because he will know her far better. David Garland did his PhD at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Um, He was the associate dean uh, at Baylor. Uh, for the Truett, he was also the interim president of the university for a while. Yeah. Um, he is a fantastic scholar, a famous Pauline scholar, uh, has written countless books and commentaries on the, the Apostle Paul. Um, and he co-wrote this book called Flawed Families of the Bible uh, with the subtitle How God's Grace Works Through Imperfect Relationships alongside his wife, Diana Garland. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't know much about uh, Diana's background or story. Um, What I do know is as David's wife and a social worker, uh, she created the Diana Garland School of Social Work at Baylor University, Mm -hmm. um, of which is a fantastic social work program. Uh, some places listed as fifth in the state. Like it, this is a, this is a good school we're talking about here. Um, and so when they, when they talk about families, people listen, um, where's that? She also, yeah, well, this Uh, is all Diana. Yeah. This is a book by Diana. And let me look at how many pages it is for you. It's It's 650 something pages. Um, it is just called family ministry. A comprehensive guide. And golly, is it comprehensive. Yeah. Uh, I still have not worked all the way through it because it is massive, as we said. And I just have not had enough time to dedicate to family ministry at that level. That That's actually required reading in the, the Baylor MSW program. That does not shock me at all. Yeah. So anyways, yes. When the Garlands talk about family and relationships, mm-hmm. especially if you're talking about the Bible, people listen. Yeah. They wrote this book called Flawed Families of the Bible. And if you didn't know, Clayton, uh, there's a lot of stories of um, abuse in the family. Mm. A lot of story of rape in the Bible, in the family. A lot of story of corruption. A lot of story of... A lot of stories of trickery and deceit looking at you jacob yeah you conniving little schemer murder uh yeah murder constantly killing each other mm-hmm. it's the story of a family unit that's broken Never. and continues to be broken hmm. right we're watching it unfold in the book of acts um as it continues to turn against itself and it breaks itself up into 12 tribes and 
all of these things. Um, there are lots of stories where corruption enters the family unit and healing must take place. Trauma happens when healing doesn't take place. Yeah. Trauma happens when you don't take care of it. And then you perpetuate bad habits because you didn't heal. And mm-hmm. then you have generational traumas because now we got dads that didn't heal that are abusive. Yeah. Now we got moms who were oppressed and so they oppressed their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, long-term trauma happens when people don't heal. Correct. And your most primary attachments are in the family. Right. So familial ham- familial healing might be the most important healing journey we do. Cullen? In our youngest years. Yeah. What is trauma? It's a cancer. Yeah. And it will spread. Um, and it's uh, just like you can have a generational gene for cancer. Trauma happens the same way. Yeah, for sure. The sins of the father, right? Always. Like, you can pass your traumas down to your kids. And worse. And worse. And then create you new can ones. You can increase those traumas as yeah. well. Like, you can do this process backwards. Yeah. So and I feel like that's where a lot of families are today, also, is doing this process backwards. Yeah. A common example is a common example, at least throughout American Southern culture, has been the boy who was abused by his dad. Mm-hmm. And then in order to deal with that trauma, he became a drunk. Mm-hmm. And then when he had his own kids, his drunkenness made him a worse abuser than his own father was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there are countless stories of how those children end up serial killers, serial rapists. You know, Trauma can perpetuate and propound if you do not do the work of healing. Right. Um, because if you're not healing, you're coping. Sometimes they're the same. Sure. Because if you're in survival mode, sometimes making it another day is good enough. But that's in our worst and darkest days. That's not how we want to live each and every day. We want to live life in liberation. And so in order to live life in liberation, healing must occur. You must continue down your healing journey. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, that, That is why this is an important conversation, though. And... Because, you know, like family systems theory, your your family and is your primary attachment. It is also your primary socialization. Yeah. This is how you go and interact in the world now. Yeah. Based on the values of your family. So if your dad was a dick to everybody, unless he figured out some way to, to fix it and you followed, um you will also probably be a dick to everybody. That is um, uh, social learning theory, right? That is the idea that I see an example of a thing, so I do the thing because that's what I know. Yeah. It is also why... Monkey see, monkey do. Monkey see, monkey do. And that is also why religious trauma is such a big freaking problem. Yep. Because socialization, everything you know about society comes from your family, primarily speaking, and they will hand you a religious system, more than likely. Whatever that looks like, whatever that means. 
And even if it's a broken one, this is the reason we need deconstruction, right? This is a reason that we need... Uh, well, Q last uh, episode. Yeah, Q, Q last week. It's, it's a, it is a perpetual cycle of things that your family hands you that are broken and you now need to go and fix. Yeah. But when you do this as a family, all the things that you were handed and you're trying to fix, as parents, be supportive of your kids trying to do their, do the thing that you gave them better. Be supportive of that. Help them in that. It's true. I will say kudos to our parents for that because we throw a lot of shit at our parents yeah. about, hey, yo, you have to this one up real bad. Well, um, well, I mean, I mean, hell, they go to this church and we talk repeatedly about religious trauma and they were our youth pastors. Yeah. Like, yeah, we throw a lot at them and they they take it and they understand there are some things they still hold and there are some things that they don't agree with, but they definitely see where we're coming from and they yeah. have been supportive on that journey. Yeah, absolutely. Like so supportive. Yeah, you have to, if, if you are the parent, if you are mm. the leader of the family unit, you have to be that supportive place so that yes. it's safe to be a place of healing. But we are all people that were handed something by our parents. That is what's different. You may not go and have kids, so that you, so you may not understand the the side that your parents are coming from ever, and that's okay. But we are all people that have been handed socialization from our parents, and so there is grace that needs to be had going back up. If you don't give that grace going the opposite direction, you are not healing. If you have not come to terms with, I see why this happened. It's not a thing that is okay, but I see why it's happened, and I love these people regardless. If you have not done that, you have not healed. Offer grace fundamentally in the family, and you might start your, your familial family your familial healing journey. Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.